Just kidding. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Last week, we shared a name of God. We're still in the names of God upstairs. So when I'm down here, Lord willing, that's what we'll be talking about last week. Elohim was the name. Almighty God of unlimited power, almighty creator. And we must have went on for about 45 minutes and it was full of information. And where I go to take on a name of God, I have a general idea of a lot of them, how it's going to go. But exactly how it's going to go, I really don't know. Tonight, it's not going to be 45 minutes of information, but it's going to be inspiration. I don't, I I love learning and I love growing in knowledge, but also we need to be inspired. And that's the way the name went that we will share this evening that we will get to in just a second. I watched a video on YouTube recently and it was of a young man who had lost his sense of taste. He hadn't tasted anything In about three years, he had to eat to stay alive, but he wasn't able to enjoy what he ate. God gave us that sense of taste, and I believe it's to enjoy. Maybe we, I don't know if we go too far with that sometimes, but we like to eat, and we we like to taste our food. And this fellow could not taste his food at all. He put different dressings and and different... uh, toppings on his food just to give it some texture but no matter what he put on his food he couldn't taste any of it whatsoever you know i think we might take for granted the little blessings of life that we have sometimes because i can't imagine what that would be like i i'm sure i would be miserable i would be asking for prayer every day if i had an issue like that i can't imagine that but that's a difficult thing a preacher a while back somebody made a comment to him and his reply to the person was well i'm glad i have an appetite i thank god for an appetite so what if you had you have lost your sense of taste and what if you had no appetite as much as my wife loves mexican food she would have a lot of problems and I'm sure we all would. And, and as we think about that, there's something that is incomparably worse that could happen with you and I. And that is in a relationship with Jesus Christ, if we lost our joy, lost our zeal, lost our amazement and our wonder of Jesus Christ, what an incomparably awful thing that would be not to experience the joy of the Lord and the amazement of the Lord in our life. And some people do. That happens to Christians. Unfortunately, Vance Havner said, some of us grow so familiar with the gospel, with the worship and ordinances in the church that we lose our reverence to lose these blessings and these side effects and the things that happen in sanctification for the believer would be an awful thing to happen. You all may be familiar with John Newton, the rough, tough 
cussing, foul-mouthed sailor that the Lord saved his soul. And shortly after that, he wrote the words to amazing grace. He not only wrote those words, he wrote some other words too. And I've modified a few words that mean something else today. And uh, but, but this is the bulk of what he said. How tedious and tasteless the hours when Jesus no longer I see. Sweet prospects, sweet birds, sweet flowers have all lost their sweetness to me. The midsummer sun shines but dim. The fields strive in vain to look full. But when I am happy with him, December is pleasant and not dull. Dear Lord, if indeed I am thine, if thou art my son and my song, say, what do I languish and pine? And why are my winters so long? Oh, drive these dark clouds from my sky, thy soul cheering presence restore, or take me unto thee on high where winter and clouds are no more. We really need a help that you and I do not fall into a dull Christian life, that we do not fall into a dull walk with our Lord. And I say that because of this name that we're going to share tonight. It could be any of five names, but it's the very first one that we're going to come to in chapter nine and verse six. And that's his name shall be called wonderful. It, it even sounds when I've always read that since the first time I've read it, it sounds like we should just break forth in celebration whenever we say this. His name shall be called wonderful, just simply wonderful for unto us a child is born unto us. A son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful. That word wonderful is in the Bible 21 times and 20 of those times it is speaking of the things of the Lord. It, it's speaking of uh, all the things of God as being wonderful. But at this one time it is capitalized and it is a name for our Lord. It is wonderful as the prophet Isaiah was receiving revelation from God and, and was talking about this child that shall come 700 years later. This prophecy and revelations coming and then he's going to go into these several names. And as he is led by the Lord to write them, the first one he comes to is wonderful. And this name means to be full of wonder. It means marvelous. It's related to the word miracle. And when you and I think about our Lord and who he is and what he's done, that's what he is to us. He is absolutely marvelous. And, and there is never a fault of God if we use the, lose the wonder of such a marvelous Lord. And it's, you know, being the first name that he comes to that is given to his mind should cause us to go forth in celebration. 
The Lord is marvelous. He is both God and man. The perfection of his life that you might consider that he lived upon this earth. It is so amazing just to marvel over his life. His pre-existence in heaven before he came to us on earth knowing that he had no beginning. He was eternal with the Father at the right hand. But he came down to meet our deepest need. And it was so perfect. It was it was so mind blowing that he came from heaven to earth for us. His purposes are so deep, so pure was his earthly mission. He came to die for our sins. He came to live a sinless life. He came and he defeated death, hell and the grave. He defeated our sin. What a pure mission of our Lord that he had for us. He is marvelous. D.L. Moody said, I remember the morning after I trusted Christ. As I came out of my room, I thought the sun was shining brighter than ever before. As I walked outside and I heard the birds singing, I thought they were singing a song to me. I had become a new creation in Christ and I had fallen in love with God's creation. That's something that you and I don't have to lose. And if we do, that's on us because he is way too marvelous for you and I to lose the wonder of him. But he's not only marvelous, he is miraculous. When we talk about this name wonderful that our Lord is and consider the works of God, the word miracle has to come to our mind. That's what he is. He is a miracle. The Lord causes wonderful things to happen way beyond human capability. The things he does are they are so far above us and they are so far beyond us. And he does things and he does so many things for us. And there are things that we can't do. It reminds me of the hymn that we sing. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made the creator of our universe and the creator of us as a child of God, making us new. Consider not only the worlds he's made, consider the worshipers he's made out of the wretched sinners that we came from in Adam. He does a miracle work in all that he does. He healed people of their blindness when he walked this earth. He healed of disease. The woman that had the issue of blood, he healed her. He raised the dead. His name is definitely wonderful. All you have to do is to stop and to think about him raising the dead, being raised from the dead by the power of God himself. There was a family that was going through some issues and they decided how they would resolve their issues and they went to their teenage daughter and they told her how they were going to resolve their issue and it was not in the right way it was not in God's will 
And so the teenage daughter speaks up to the parents as they break the news to her. And she said, I can't believe this because I was raised in a home where my parents taught me that we serve a God that is able to raise the dead. And he can take care of this also. Just be in wonder of his miraculous ways. There's nothing that he can't do. If it's righteous and it's according to his will and it's and it's good for his glory, he can do it whatever the case may be. If we ask anything according to his will, he has that petition that we have asked of him. We can be sure that he will do it if it's according to his will. There's nothing he can't do if he defeated death, hell and the grave for you and I and then revealed himself to over 500 witnesses. And he did it in a heavenly body while he was on earth. He didn't need any food, but he could have some if he wanted. He could walk right through a doorway if he wanted. He was the body that we're going to have in heaven. He walked on this earth in the midst of witnesses with that body. Then he ascended up to the air and to the cloud and on to heaven. And the Bible says that he was seen by two men arrayed in white. Praise God for his miraculous way that he has. God's acts and God's words are so wonderful. It's no wonder why Paul said now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask. We just need to stop and lose our mind in who he is sometimes and meditate on the miraculous ability of our Lord. He himself is a miracle to us. He. book that he has carried out and what he has promised to do there is sure as done he will carry every one of them out and fulfill every one of them he is miraculous just consider that second coming of our lord when he comes back and he's coming to the clouds and those bodies of believers are going to rise out of the grave the what we call a burial ground is going to be a resurrection ground and those bodies are going to come up restored and they're going to meet that soul that comes down from heaven to meet their body. And the Christians which are alive and remain are going, we're going to fly away. And it's not going to be on a fishing line. There's not going to be a cable. We are going to ascend to the air to meet the Lord in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. He is miraculous. It's wonderful to know this and, and to have faith in this. But not only is he miraculous, but he is meticulous as we think about the one whose name is wonderful. He gives very careful attention to detail individually in all of his children's lives. I mean, the hairs on our head are all numbered. You know what I thought about? He knows how many I've lost. He's got the addition. He's got the subtraction on each side of my forehead right up here. Something's happening and God knows all about it. He knows every single number. You and I are fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm telling you that his name is wonderful and he is very meticulous in all of our lives. If you feel neglected, that's not what God would have you to know because he is interested in every detail. The 
Lord takes care of things in our life that we can't. He knows exactly what you can't take care of. And He will do that for you. Would you just be in awe of this wonderful God? And would you, would you take these things to Him? He has control over what we have no control over. And He will control it in such a way that is best for you and I. It will not be what you and I would do about the things we don't have control over. But He does have control and He will do what is best for for us. We should pray that. We should believe that. You know, the Lord is even good to those who aren't His children. You know, there are times that I go through the Bible and sometimes I'm hung on a verse. I might not preach it at all, but I'm thinking about it for a few weeks. And right now it is Matthew chapter five and verse 45, where Jesus says that ye may be the children of your father, which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Our Lord, not only only loves everybody, but everyone is blessed by the Lord. That doesn't mean that, that they are saved by the Lord and His children, but He is good to all, and He loves all. He is meticulous, even with those who are not His, because He is drawing all to be saved. I think about Jesus when He fed the multitude. I don't know that they said they were hungry, but and He he had some who were his children. He had some who were just following along for the show of miracles that he was doing. But he fed every single one of them without them even uh, considering or, or voicing a need. He had compassion on the multitude. He extends that compassion to you and I today. And it's not this blanket all across all of us. It's an individual compassion for our very need that we have in our lives. He he is wonderful. Amen. He is meticulous in all of our lives. You can see God's meticulous care in all of his plans and all of his works for our life. His Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. He is for our sanctification while we are here on this life and after being saved until he takes us home to heaven in order to lead us and to guide us and to encourage us and to convict us and to lead us into all truth. He even sends us specific prayers when we don't know what to pray. This is what He has done for us through the ministry of His Holy Spirit. He's patient with us. He is very merciful to us all. He does not give us what we deserve. He is full of grace for you and I. He gives us the great things that we don't deserve. That's how good He is. He gives us good gifts. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift, it is from above. So when we give praise for anything good in your life, you praise Him for it. He has tender, loving kindness 
for us all. He cares about every decision that we make. When you're pondering a decision in your life, the Lord is just waiting for you to call on Him to be guided into that right decision. He is so meticulous in our future plans, a future spouse, our house, our job, where we're going to live. He, he is, he is interested in it all. You're all familiar with Jeremiah 29 11, which says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. That was written by the Lord to the children of Israel when they were off in idolatry, when they were turned from the Lord. And what he's saying is, I've got the very best plan and life for you, and I can deliver it. I can give it to you, and I know what's best. He is so meticulous with you and I. Uh, I'll never forget a song that someone sent me a CD and it's gospel singing that we don't hear on the radio every day. And there's a line in a song that says, I knew the thoughts you were thinking when you thought you were thinking alone. He is very meticulous individually for every single one of us. Let's make sure that you and I don't become monotonous about such a wonderful, marvelous God. That, that there wouldn't be a dull, repetitious lack of interest that would come and take us over because there's a busy world that is calling your name out there to take your mind off of the one who is wonderful. The one who loves you more than you love yourself. The more the one who loves you and knows you more than you know yourself. One of the saddest chapters in the Bible for the Christian to me is Second Peter chapter one. It starts off really good. It speaks of according to the Lord's divine power. He has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And it speaks of how we have become partakers of a divine nature. And, and it speaks of faith. And it speaks of virtue. And it speaks of knowledge that we have. It speaks of brotherly kindness. It speaks of love. It speaks of uh, charity. And it says if these things be in you and abound... They make you that you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if you lack these things, this is the saddest part for the Christian for me. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Let us not become monotonous. Of such a wonderful Lord. The name that just burst out in, in a celebration I hear is wonderful from our Lord. Paul told young Timothy, young preacher coming along and he was instructing him. And he said, neglect not the gift that is within thee. And then in another place, he says, stir up the gift of God that is within thee. I say let us not become monotonous in our Christian walk. 
But most likely, there's going to be a point in time, maybe we've been there, or maybe it's ahead of us, but we probably will. The fire will go down to embers sometimes. I, I've heard wise people say we're going to be there. That's going to happen in our Christian life. Are we ready for it? We, we better be ready and know what to do for that. I believe it may have been that the Apostle Paul was speaking from experience when he said, stir up the gift of God, which is within thee. I believe that he experienced the embers and stirring up the gift of God at some point in time in his life. And, and those embers have got to be fanned so the flame can rise again. Wonderful to be on fire for he who is wonderful. And we must do that with the word of God. And I'm not talking about taking a book and doing this. I'm talking about the the taking it within the word of God, the fellowship with this church that he has left in this world and the Holy Spirit who will minister and lead our lives whenever we God forbid, when we become monotonous, we must stir up the gift of God that is within us. It shouldn't happen. It doesn't have to happen, but it's probably going to happen at some point in time. Don't stay monotonous, though. It's such a dangerous place to be. I think of Demas in the Bible. Demas is mentioned three times in the Bible, and the first time he's mentioned there is something that goes along with his name. He is a fellow laborer of Paul. He mentions him with a with a great group of Christian men as a fellow laborer. The next time he mentions him, there is nothing there with his name. Fellow soldier, fellow laborer, is fellow prisoner is attached to some of the names of others. But at the end, it's just Demas. And you wonder what's happening and you wonder why. Because he had said something else about him before. Well, he was on a slow fade, you see. Because the last thing we hear about Demas is Paul said, He hath forsaken me, having loved this present evil world. We don't hear anything else about Demas after he went to the world. After he looked at those neon lights blinking in the world. And the temptation that drew him there that he looked at a little too long and he looked at it and then he was gone. It's dangerous to stay monotonous and let the temporary pleasures of sin overcome eternal joy that we can have in our lives. How horrible that is when there's the wonder and there's the marvel of our Lord Jesus Christ, his name is wonderful. Never lose that wonder. Don't go to church. Come and meet with God and worship with God's people. Pick up his word, this living word that is alive. Think about your salvation. Think about that day that all your sins were washed away and the zeal that the Lord gives us and knowing that that can continue 
for you and I. As I think about his name, wonderful, I I believe that that name all alone is enough to encourage us, is enough to lift you and I up. I, I believe that name all alone, that we focus on that and think about what this means. And that keeps you and I from becoming mundane in our walk with the Lord. There's something new and exciting every day. It's going to be exciting to stand before the Lord one day. No doubt about it. See the fullness of Christ. But faith is going to be over then because faith is sight. What an exciting life of faith that we have. And we grow in our faith. And God uses us in our faith. And He shows us and He proves Himself to us. Just go home tonight with His name is wonderful. Let us go to the Lord in a word of prayer. And the teenagers can meet me upstairs in the gym. Uh, At this time, I'd like to ask Brother Ray, would you close our Bible study in prayer tonight? Oh, Lord God, and gracious Heavenly Father. Lord God, we thank you for this message tonight, Lord. I pray that we'll all take it to heart and be more involved with you in our everyday walk with the Father God that you reach down and touch our sick and afflicted and heal them according to your holy will. That you go with us as we go to our separate ways. Guide, guard, direct our footsteps. Pray that you'll take it. Be, be with us and allow us to come back to your house this weekend. We ask all this in the name of your precious Son, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and for his sake. Amen. 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 Amen.